RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Closing the distance. My name is Jeff Myers, one of the pastors here at Roswell Presbyterian Church, and I'm here with our preaching pastor from this past Sunday, Lindsay Lee Slocum. Lindsay, thanks for bringing the message yesterday. Hey, thanks. Thanks. Always glad to get to be in the pulpit. It's a good time. On a level of one to 10, you know, you're not regular preaching every Sunday and you get to do it, you know, five, six times a year. And I know there's some consternation, you know, when you when you have a sermon coming up. On a, le- a scale of one to 10, 10, like super excited, one like l- deeply loathing the experience. We're, how excited were you to preach on this subject uh, uh, this Sunday? Okay, so there's a lot of layers to that question. Um, I was very excited for the topic. I, of all, you know, sometimes I might express to you that my topic isn't exactly going to be my favorite one and I might fuss a little bit, but joy I'm very, I was very excited about that. And I, and I told you this last week too, but, but I felt, I actually felt really overwhelmed with information this time or things that I thought were profound and powerful that I would love to include and, and had, I feel like I had to edit some of that out. Um, so the topic itself, I was very excited about. I also really, um, I have, I've decided since you and I have been working together, I find it very like a challenge, an interesting challenge, because, you know, what people might not know is you sit down and kind of map out the sermon series and you put scriptures with it that you think might be good scriptures. But then, you know, so then as a preacher, it's not necessarily a scripture that I would have picked. And this one felt when I first read it, I was like, this is a little bit tough for joy. And so I was going to change it. And I thought, nope, I we're going to go with it. I feel like the spirit has worked to choose the scripture. And so we're going to go with it. So it's a little bit of a fun challenge to figure out, although in the end, like it, it was really quite perfect. Um, so that part was really fun. Um, but like you said, it's not preaching's not part of my regular weekly rhythm. And so there's, and it's not something I do weekly. So it's a lot of work for me to put together a sermon. Um, so I always enjoy having preached but certainly the process and also just the kind of the discovery process of kind of what's the spirit going to reveal? What do you want to say? How do you pull it together? How do you kind of refine it? So it feels like a helpful thing to share that, but also feels put together, you know, kind of working your way through that process always is a little bit exhausting too, because you're so emotionally tied to, to the, what you're saying. And so anyway, all that to say, I both loved it, but also was like, okay, like, hold on, we got to do some work here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's tough for y'all, uh, I think, uh, 
because you've got so many thoughts and ideas and you have 22 minutes kind of to fit it all in and on a topic like the fruit of the spirit and joy which was yesterday's theme um there's just a lot that can be said um yeah. so i was very impressed and i know people really love the sermon i think there's several different reasons um that people liked it. I think it's a, a topic that people want to explore. I think there's not enough joy in the world. Um, and so we want to experience that joy. So how do I tap into that joy that is uh, provided by the Holy Spirit? But then I think you also tied into like wrestling with parts of life that are not joyful. Grief, pain, agony, misery, woe. How, how do we relate joy and uh, these experiences of non-joy? And you were very vulnerable, I think, personally about your own experience of that. So as you were coming in uh, to the sermon preparation process, how did you initially kind of find your way into the topic of joy and get to that place to the fi finished product on Sunday? Well, are you asking more of a process question or a yeah. joy? Oh, okay. Or how that kind of ideas evolved? Kind of like the questions um, you're asking yourself. Um, at the very, or maybe you, you knew what the finished product was going to be at the very beginning, but from what I just yeah, heard you no. say, you were really mulling it over. And yeah. I'm just curious about how the spirit was working in your own preparation to get to that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so part of it is at least initially it was a lot of, okay, what's, what's in the scripture, just doing what I can to figure out like what's going on in the scripture and why that's important. Um, and as I'm doing research, so first of all, that scripture is not in the lectionary. So the lectionary is scriptures that have kind of been assigned for daily readings. Um, and then, and there are some churches that they pull out the Sunday lectionary and that is what determines what's going to be preached on. And so all of that to say, if, if a scripture is in the lectionary, there's just a lot more information out there. There's been a lot more work done. Um, there's different kinds of commentaries or whatever. And so this passage is not in the lectionary. So there weren't a ton of resources that I normally would go to, to pull out some, to do some exegetical work on it. But also when I pulled out the commentary series that I generally use, they had one whole paragraph about this passage. And it really wasn't even about the, the passage so much as the whole, a little while that, you know, cause it repeats the phrase a little while over and over again. And, um, and so it's kind of like, okay, well, we've got to figure this out. There's not a ton of reading to do on this particular passage. So that's when I really focused in and on, on the idea of joy and, and what does scripture as a whole say about joy? And what does this particular scripture say about joy? And like I said, my, uh, that kind of took me over to Psalm 100 and, you know, the Psalms have so many really beautiful passages about joy. And, um, and so I kind of started with that and thought about, you know, these idea of these Psalms that talk about joy and how important joy is and, and God gives us joy, but then knowing that we're going to get to this gospel passage where it's really complicated. This idea of joy was really complicated. And, and Jesus is saying, well, there's weeping, but there's joy and, and it's coming, but this really terrible thing is also coming. It's, it, so it just felt like there was this movement from the Psalms where there's just kind of this pure praise and joy of who God is as we move to this really complicated experience uh, with the incarnated, you know, God incarnate. And so, um, so the, I thought so much about that particular movement and how did we even get there? How did we get to that point? 
And as I'm thinking about that, I'm, I, of course, I'm thinking about in my own life. And because there's been so much journey in my own life lately about thinking, uh, feeling so much joy in so many places, you know, just the, the joy that we get to have Charlie be part of our family or the joy that we get to watch all of these people who have loved on Kaylee and, um, and helped her get across the stage. And, but at the same time, the real grief that underlies how we even got to this point. And so anyway, I guess all of that's just mixed up. And I just constantly am asking questions about well, how did we get there to that complicated piece? And so what is scripture saying as we're investigating these, this complicated dynamic of what joy is and how that plays into our life in a really real way? Yeah, that's really helpful. Lindsay. thank you. And um, you bring up Charlie and I, I want, we were talking about this just after our staff meeting. I think it was really helpful for us to hear from you. And I think there's a lot of folks that might say, wow, Lindsay's telling, talking a lot about this guy, Charlie, you know, is that okay? What happened? And so I think it'd be good for you to kind of talk about your process with Charlie mm. and your own process of telling this story that's kind of yours, but kind of not yours. And how yeah. do you work through that as a, as a preacher and a public communicator um, with, you know, people, various stories and experiences? Yeah. Yeah. So because this has been such a big part of my story, the, in the last little bit, I, I didn't feel like I could authentically uh, interact with this topic without really kind of acknowledging what's been happening with me when it comes to this topic. And so I wanted to be able to share that as part of the sermon. I wanted to be able to share this is a little piece of my story, but it was really important to me as I'm sharing this piece of my story that I I'm, I'm sharing my story and I'm not taking a piece of somebody else's story. And certainly, you know, Charlie's, as Charlie moves here, certainly Charlie has wrestled with his own um, complicated dynamic of pain and joy and leaving one home and coming to another home and um, missing where he was, but loving where he is. And, and so he's worked through, and, and so Charlie and I actually spent a lot of time talking about this. And so as we, as on um, Friday, I think it was Friday afternoon or maybe Thursday, I sat down with him and said, I want to tell you kind of what I'm thinking. I want to tell you the direction of my sermon and I want to read to you what I'm intending to say. And, my, and I said, you know, I've learned so much from you about wrestling with this, and, but I, this isn't, your story is not my story and it's not fair for me to share your story. And he said, oh no, I don't care. It's, you can share whatever. And I said, no, it's your story and you need to share your story um, and so that's, and so I talked him through a little bit what I was going to share and how I was really focusing on my own kind of grief with uh, my aunt not being there and, and the celebration of, of celebrating Kaylee. And um, so we, we kind of talked through that a little bit. He, I hope at some point, I mean, he's totally open and willing to share his story. I hope at some point we'll be able to share that on a more full way as well, just because um, it really, the whole process I've learned so much and I've benefited and I would, I, and I know that he's learned so much and it's just been a really beautiful kind of journey. And so I'd love to share more of that, but it was important to me. I just shared my part and not anything that would make it feel like I was putting him on display or saying something that I shouldn't say, cause it's not mine to say. Yeah. That's always a, a, a difficult, uh, challenging question and set of issues to wrestle with as a preacher and public communicator of like 
where's mm -hmm. the private public and everybody has kind of a different line in the sand i know marriages yes. broken up over uh are <laughs> <laughs> almost broken yeah well and i'll tell you too with with my biological children you know i have one that is like do not acknowledge that i exist from the pulpit he doesn't want me to share anything about him and i have one that his highlight of coming to church is to see if i'm going to talk about him from the pulpit like he loves that so i you know it's very knowing how i can uh honor the various personalities in my house and uh and and be able to celebrate God's movement through all of those different personalities is really important to me. So as a mother and as a wife, and I'll tell you too, just one more thing on this, um, that when I was pregnant, the first time that the Lane Alderman, who was the senior pastor here, he said, your spouse knew what he was getting into when he married you, but your children did not. They did not ask <laughs> to be part of this. And so I don't usually hesitate to talk about Scott um, or appropriate parts of our relationship to share. Um, sometimes I ask his permission. Sometimes I forget. But I <laughs> am, I try to be very careful when it comes to the kids. Well, one of the things I was I have just as somebody. So you preached four times yesterday, and in that I saw you. I think the first I saw you at nine thirty the nine thirty service, uh -huh. and you got kind of tear. I mean, you got emotional. And I was like, uh-oh, is she going to go over the edge? <laughs> Come back. You got to finish. And then and then at 1045, a little less. And then I didn't see 11. But I'm curious, like, when you go to an emotional space like that, I find that, like, for me, really difficult to do four times in a row. Mm -hmm. Do you find it difficult? Or is it kind of, like, just natural? And you just kind of do it? Um, I... I, mm, this is a good question. I don't find it difficult. Um, I, I mean, as you know, <laughs> like processing my emotions, I'm pretty willing to do that in kind of whatever setting I happen to be in. Um, and so, but, but also the, you know, the way I process it or the, uh, the, the emotion that comes out, that's certainly going to change as we work our way through the process. Right. And so at eight fifteen. One, it's a more intimate setting. It's a smaller room. It's a smaller group of people. Um, it's the first time that I'm doing the sermon. And so at 8.15, it, it was very difficult for me to get through that part. Um, and so there, there we, I, I think the whole room was crying by the end of it. Like, I think they just, <laughs> everybody's like, oh, this is sad. Um, but, and so each service, I, I think I'm accessing it in a different way, right? Because then there's the service that my family's sitting in. And so that's a bit of a different experience too, as I'm working with, you know, through that, or, or I am in a service where I'm, you know, we're talking about at the end of the service, we're talking about Steve Hayner. And so then we're in a service and I realize that there's a group of women that are sitting together that they all have lost their husbands. And so you just are kind of interacting with the content in a different way each time, because there's a different group in the gym. It's dark. I can't see anyone who's in there and so it's a little bit like I'm inside my head there too and so I'm kind of you just you're experiencing the room differently depending on who's there and and what piece is sticking out to you at that particular point in time so um yeah it wasn't difficult you know I felt pretty confident that this was the word that the guy had given me and so I wanted to be authentic to that as well but um but it, it does hit you differently each service you're saying it 
over and over again, but different pieces are sticking out. Interesting. That's uh, that's interesting. So, okay, one of the great themes that you talk about were two things that are kind of opposed being true at the same time. And I think a lot of human beings have a real difficulty with non, non-binary thinking. Binary being mm-hmm. either or, mm-hmm. yes or no, um, ones or zeros. It's this way or it's that way. It can't be both. Okay. Mm-hmm. And would you say... I'm, I'm curious a little bit more about kind of explain your idea uh, uh, behind that. I think joy and grief, but then I also want to talk, I want you to reflect with me like pastorally, how that in your own ministry has come out, maybe in counseling situations, helping people recognize the both and kind of the human experience. Um, it's true and not either or so much. So say a little bit about joy and grief uh, being present at the same time. Well, you know, and that's another thing that really came out while I was working on this sermon is every example I could come up with of real joy, there just was an element of grief to it. And I I think part of it is the older I get and the more I'm experiencing life from different aspects, every just pure joy moment has this kind of underlying grief to it. You know, even... When we, I was thinking, even as we're reading the scripture, and then again, that quote from um, Desmond Tutu, that the idea of, you know, the joy that a woman feels after she gives birth. And I couldn't help, and even as we're reading about that, thinking about the women that would desperately love to feel the joy of giving birth to a child. And that's not ever, that's just not going to be part of their story. Um, and, you know, we, we talk here at the church when we're getting close to Mother's Day and Father's Day about we want to acknowledge and celebrate these precious relationships that we have in our lives. But we also really need to be aware of the fact that there are people that have very detrimental experiences of of a mother or a father or a lack thereof. Um, you know, in the example of Kaylee graduating and walking across the stage in this big accomplishment Um, that she accomplished, but then knowing the people that weren't going to be there or just any like real joy moment that I could think of, there was always this underlying either grief or pain that accompanied it. And the kind of the greater the joy, the greater awareness I have of kind of that, that hurt, the, the hurt that can be with that. And I think on one hand, I think it helps us to experience joy in a more, it gives it more depth to the joy maybe is the word I want there. I don't know how to think about that Um, because there's just more that we realize. And part of that is just growing, like losing some of the naivety of youth and understanding various, the complexities of life. And, um, and so I think that the more that we can kind of understand that two things can be true and that two things are true. And um, that if we can understand that two things can be true I think it helps us kind of navigate the situation a little bit and be a little bit more aware. But I think that the promise that two things are true kind of helps us to live into that joy a little bit more too. Does that answer your question? Or I'm just kind of- Yeah, processing. yeah, no, it does. How do you help people in a pastoral situation? So yeah. like they're sitting on your couch behind you saying, <laughs> Lindsay, help me. Uh, why is- why is there this grief? I thought Christian life was just full of joy. Um, how do you help them kind of come to that realization? Pastorally? Yeah, and I, I think that there's a, a, a sentence that I use a lot when I'm talking to people or even from what I try to say to myself 
is the just permission for those two things to exist. Like I, I think that we, and I kind of re- reference this a little bit too. I think that we expect that if we are good, faithful people, then then only the good parts are supposed to be true, that we're not supposed to, if I'm really faithful, then I'm not going to grieve that this is happening. But, and so there's just a lot of giving ourselves permission that we're going to feel that way. We're going to feel grief. And, and so even though we're really excited about this thing that's happening, that's really wonderful and fantastic. We're, we're, you, you know, like when someone, here's an example that comes up a lot. We'll be in premarital counseling and we talk about the wedding while the parents are divorced. And so it just adds this kind of dynamic to what that, what's going to happen at the wedding, what that's going to look like. And so it's okay. It's this really joyous event. And we're going to talk about all the things we celebrate, but you have permission to be upset that your mama is acting this way as we go in, or that your parents are acting this way towards one another. Like you, you have permission to have a feeling about that. Of course you do. And if we don't acknowledge it and kind of think through how to acknowledge it and deal with that in a healthy way, then it's going to build up as bitterness and then it's going to impact the experience of the event. And so let's acknowledge that this is real. Let's think through what are healthy ways to, to feel that and to sort through it if we need to sort through it or to lift that up in a way it needs to be lifted up. But I think ignoring it, it's not going to be helpful. Um, and that's going to kind of build up other more harmful feelings. And, and that's why I was saying yesterday, like I've, we've got to, it's naive to think that we are only going to feel the happiness or the joy or the good pieces, but I think it can be dangerous too, because then it, I think if the church teaches that, I think that that's where we get people who really experience hurt in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if we're telling ourselves that we're putting unrealistic, unrealistic expectations on our own selves and who, who we're supposed to be. And you know, we're just not being really authentic about our own experience or even authentic about our own faith. So so I think it's going to come back with just giving yourself permission uh, and being really authentic about that we're feeling that way and then kind of figuring out what it's like to move through that or at least to move along with it. That's great. Okay, that's really helpful. Um, okay, so we've got nine facets or features of the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love and joy. Of the nine features, which do you find easiest to exhibit in your own life? Wow, that's a good question. I, <laughs> I, uh, um, I don't know. I, I. Ooh. Okay, which there one are... do you find the most difficult? <laughs> um, I should look at a list to make sure. I. I uh, they're all a process they're all such a process and so even the ones that I tend to there are ones that I'm more willing to do the work on right and so when we talk about love for example that's a really important one to me and so um, and the way that I interact with other people those are really important I also kind of feel like love is that's kind of the baseline for all of them really and so but working on what it looks like to love people and to be generous with people um, those are really important to me. And so I'm willing to, to put a lot of work into those. Maybe we should put it that way. Um, uh, and so I'm willing to put more work into that and think about what does that look like? And I'm, it's easier for me to step back if I feel like I've haven't done a good job showing love or generosity to somebody, it's easier for me to step back and say, Ooh, okay, I want to do that better next time. Um, 
but when it, you know, when it comes to some of the other ones that involve a little bit more like self-discipline, self-control, like, um, those ones are a little bit harder, I think for me, but I'll, I will go back and study my list and have better answers for that. <laughs> that's a, that's well, a hard okay, question. A few more weeks, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep listening to the sermons and deciding <laughs> which keep ones I need to more work on. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for taking the time to share your heart and uh, a little going depth about uh, the sermon the other day. And I just appreciate you and your seriousness of um, vocation as a preacher and bringing the word to us. It was blessed so many people about a topic I think people really needed to hear about and wanted to hear about. So thank you yeah. for your winsomeness and your charisma and just uh, bringing it. Uh, okay. Next week, we're going to look at peace. So I invite people to come back and reflect on uh, the spiritual or the fruit of the spirit of peace. Are you preaching that one? That one's a hard one. I am. I am. Okay. Okay, good. Um, I can't wait to see then. This will, that's a hard one. This will be good. Not, that, I mean, it's different than joy, but it's related to joy. So yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit about what, how it relates and maybe it's distinctive as well. Um, but I think we definitely can agree there is, surely a lot of a lack of peace in our world and our lives yeah. so um well that's what i because i that that's that will be that's what i'm saying this will be really interesting because i think that we use peace to say everybody should get along which means some people have to just like go along to get get along to go along or whatever and i don't think that that's what peace really is and so yeah let's see how you do fun. I can't yeah, wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I've got, I've got six days to come up with whatever I'm going to say. So. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you for closing the distance, and I'll see you soon. Take care. Perfect. Thank you.